Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, this is the start of the new season of the EPL Roundtable podcast. To start it off, like we do every year, we're going to be talking about some of the promoted sides, how they play, players to look out for uh, as we wind up for this 2021-2022 season. Joining me today is Gito Llewellyn, who unfortunately is not representing a club that got promoted, but I figure we'll touch on Swansea first before we get to the promoted sides. Obviously, a, a pretty good season last year. Looked for a while like you might... Uh, come up via automatic uh, promotion, then end up going through the playoffs. But I uh, just wanted to get your take on on last season from a Swansea perspective first. Um, I think it was a season which, um, well, it definitely goes down as a success. We finished fourth in the uh, in the league. We were, you know, chasing automatic promotion until the final weeks of the season. Uh, we just couldn't really. Um, Keep up in the end uh, after you know sticking in there for a very long time. We just got tired and, and ran out of steam uh, in the second half of the season. But um, got to the playoff final, but um, lost uh, pretty emphatically in the end and very deservedly um, to 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 a much better Brentford side. Um, it was a season where I'll be honest, most of the football was was pretty bad to watch. Um, it was it wasn't we weren't very good to well we were just we just didn't play much good football but we did find a way of just grinding up results and had a very good defense um but i don't know there was something about the season which meant pretty much throughout we, we never really or very rarely at least looked like convincing promotion candidates and um i think in the end it um it told and there were no complaints when we didn't go up but it was still you know a, a, a good season by our standards yeah, and then like always, uh, after a good season, fans get excited about the next year, but uh, things have devolved pretty quickly. Obviously, even last year, there were some um, consternation surrounding the sale of Joe Roden late in the window uh, to Tottenham. Uh, this summer, no different, losing some of the players that you had on loan. Uh, Mark Wehi, in particular, uh, moving to Crystal Palace, I think might have irked Cooper a bit. And all of this <laughs> led to him stepping down just two-ish weeks before the season started. What from the outside perspective, that all just seems insane. Did it make a little bit more linear sense uh, from the Swans' perspective? No, not really. I mean, we're used to turbulent summers. It's part of being a Swansea fan. You know, anything good from the previous season ends up going away in the summer. You know, we, we're used to losing our best players and having to rebuild. But even by our standards, this has been quite chaotic. I mean... We knew that we were going to lose Andre Ayew, who was our top, our top goal scorer. Uh, our number one keeper, Freddie Woodman, was 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 always likely to return to his parent club, Newcastle. 
Um, Mark A was the best centre-back in the division last year, so he was always going to go back to the Premier League, either with Chelsea or, or you know, uh, offloaded to, to another club. And that's turned out that way. Um, but on top of all that, I mean, our best player from last season, Connor Roberts, picked up an injury at the Euros. Uh, so he's going to miss the start of the season. Uh, our manager then uh, left uh, a few, well, last week, um, Steve Cooper. Um, I mean, he I'll be honest, he wasn't everybody's favourite because of the style of play. And there were quite a few people who um, were quite hoping that he would go this summer. But I don't think anybody hoped that he would go with two, two weeks left until the start of the season. Um, and, um, well, since then, we've, we thought we were going to appoint John Eustace as manager, but he pulled out at the very last second. So we're still scrambling around trying to find a replacement manager. And meanwhile, our captain, Matt Grimes, um, is also being heavily linked and looks almost certain to, to move um, elsewhere. Not quite sure where yet. There are a couple of clubs rumoured to be interested, but um, he is extremely likely to, to leave. So, I mean, between everything, it's... Um, yeah, it's not been a great summer for us and um, the preparations for the new season couldn't have been that much worse unless, I don't know, you're a Derby County fan, for example. That certainly seems like a mess. And as for my perspective, um, being a, a club that played a little too defensively for the fans' liking, fell short of their objectives, got rid of their manager without having a replacement lined up and then having a prolonged search for the next one, I really don't understand what that would be like. Um, <laughs> but um, couldn't understand our situation at all. Kyle. No, yeah, it's really hard for me to get myself in that mindset. But um, yeah, very unfortunate for for Swansea. Obviously, I and a lot of the listeners of the show had a soft spot uh, for you, and you were up in the Premier League. And it, unfortunately, it seems like you're kind of taking steps further away from being back in the Premier League rather than being closer towards it. Um, the Championship playoff final, obviously uh, not the best performance um, from Swansea in that match, Brentford. Uh, ended up, I think we can all agree, deserved winners there. Uh, then the two sides that got promoted automatically were Norwich, who finished top, and then Watford, who who kind of beat you to the to the post there um, towards the back half of the season. But uh, I just wanted to get some some thoughts from you on on these three sides that are now joining the Premier League. Um, I guess we can just kind of start off with how they performed last season. Obviously, you talked about uh, Swan's performances a bit there, but uh, how, how did these all? How did these three clubs kind of all play last year? And do you think kind of the ordering that they came up with is about right? Um, I, it's hard to say if the order is right. I mean, I, I think Norwich were definitely the best team in the championship last season. Um, very different in many ways to the Norwich team that went up two years previously. Um, they finished the season with um, three more points um, than, than that side. Um, but but they scored 18 fewer goals. Um, uh, but But I think they conceded 20 fewer goals as well so um, this was a much more mature Norwich side um, I think two years ago they had the benefit that nobody they, they were slightly off people's radars uh, and caught people by surprise players like Buendia and, and Puki um, really stormed the league whereas this time they were coming down from the Premier League they were not an unknown quantity and, and I think a lot of clubs um you know, treated them as one of the best teams in the league. And so they had to find a different way of, 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 of winning and breaking down teams who were um, much more defensive against them. But they, but they did that really well. Um, they, they, they had, like I said, a, a much stronger defence than the last time they were here. Um, ben Gibson and, and Grant Hanley were um, very solid at the back for them and they had the best 
goalkeeper in the division in Tim Krul. Um, but the midfield was was very good, um, very technically able. Um, Oliver Skip had a, had a great season on loan from Spurs. Um, he's um, he's uh, not going to be there next season, which um, uh, maybe a bit of a loss. But they have replaced him with um, with Billy Gilmore, which we'll probably get on to discuss later. Um, which should be a good replacement. Um, but then up front, I mean, the, the ones that made the difference, Puki, one of the best strikers in the division, and, and Buendia, who, um, who who was, I think everybody would agree, that almost the, the, the best player in the league. I mean, he he was absolutely critical to the way they, they played, and he was a, a, absolutely essential to their success. Um, and, and in the end, they, they, they looked, very, very comfortable at the top of the league for most of the season. There were some slight flips where you thought, ooh, are they going to, you know, are they going to maybe slip up and drop into the playoffs? But for the most part, they looked pretty comfortable there. And and most games, you know, you look at the score lines, they, they won them by one, maybe two goals. Uh, in actual fact, in most of those games, they should have won by much more. They, they, their um, final goal tally probably didn't reflect how dominant they were in most of their matches. And, and they were just thoroughly deserving of their um, of their promotion and, and Farka once again you know showed that at this level he is he's a really good manager and, and does really understand that club um, brilliantly well um, I mean finishing second then behind them with Watford Watford had an extremely strange season I mean that for most of the season I would say they weren't very convincing uh, and they relied extremely heavily on, on individual quality within their squad um, the big Change came uh, in December when they sacked their old manager um, uh, uh, Vladimir Ivich. I forgot his name there because he, he that seems like a different <laughs> world for Watford fans. I think now um, he was a manager that never fit in with the club, never really understood his squad, um, stuck rigidly with tactics and and personnel choices, which anybody could see were just just did not make the most of of the squad at his disposal. He was. Uh, incredibly um, uh, uh, loyal to players who probably didn't deserve that loyalty. The likes of uh, Troy Deeney, who, who did not pull up any trees in the championship last season, um, stuck to a 4-4-2 system, which just left them looking very stretched in a lot of games and, and really left it difficult, made it difficult for them to control matches. And actually, um, Watford only won one away game under... Um, uh, Ivic, which, which oh, is wow. quite yeah. So they they only won two away games in the entire first half of the season, which um, which which is pretty incredible, really, for a team that that spent the entire season in the top six. Um, but then they made the change. They brought in um, uh, uh, Cisco Munoz, um, who was a you know a bit of a, a in typical Watford fashion, I guess, a, a bit of a, a, an unexpected appointment. Manager who came from nowhere, really, in, in relation to the championship, um, but but he did clearly understand the squad a lot more. He started playing four three three. He brought Will Hughes in from the cold, who had I think played about three league games under and Ivic, which which seems mad in hindsight. Um, but but having just the extra man there and Will Hughes, a really good footballer in the middle of the park, just enabled them to control games. Um, switching to front three got um, Semmer and particularly. This made us out, sorry, mm. uh, much more involved uh, in attacks uh, and, and got a bit more out of them as well. And they, and they still look very solid at the back. He brought in Sierra Alta, who 
uh, in the second half of the season was definitely the best um, centre-back in, in the division, in my opinion. Um, and actually, a team that at one stage looked like they may drop out of the top six, um, they were they were you know, looking so shaky. Um, when it came to the crunch and the final sort of third, final half of the season, when the likes of Brentford and Swansea and, and Bournemouth and, and teams like that just ran out of juice and, and tired quite badly, they just hit their strides and, and they put together a really, really formidable run of results. And, and in the end, finished second by quite, you know, quite comfortably. Um, and in that sense, I, I don't think you can really argue with, with them finishing second, even though, you know, from, for so much of the season, they looked desperately unconvincing. Um, and then, of course, the third team to go up was Brentford, um, who went up by the playoffs. And uh, it, they've been knocking on the door for many, many years. A lot of people know Brentford's story. They do things very differently. Um, they are a, a small club um, by Premier League standards. They've only been in the top flight once before. And I think that was possibly back in the 1950s. I think I'm, I, I don't quote me on that. Um, but, you know, this is a club that we're used to seeing in the, in the bottom two divisions of the football league. Um, but over the years, they've they've been very well run. Their, their transfer policy has uh, been fantastic. They are they they have this knack of finding excellent coaches, um, and it's finally finally got them to the Premier League after years of bottling promotions and and messing up when they've looked you know capable of doing it. Um, this t- and it looked for a time like they were going to do that again this season. I mean, um, they they fell away quite quite badly in the second half of the season just did not sustain a, an automatic promotion push injuries played a part in that but they there was a time when you thought oh my gosh are they actually going to do it again um but when it came to the playoffs then and, and even in the playoffs it should be noted i mean they lost the first leg 1-0 and anybody who saw the second leg of their semi-final against Bournemouth they, they conceded the most suicidal of goals very early on in that game um, to go 2-0 down, but amazingly they came back in, in what was a fantastic match um, to secure their place in the playoffs. And um, when it came to Wembley then, I mean, anybody who watched that match will tell you, it is just about as one-sided as a playoff final can get. It was, um, it only finished 2-0, but uh, I mean, it, it was it, it was basically a thrashing, really. Swansea never, ever looked like, like doing anything. They scored two early goals and um, and just dominated the match and just totally barely broke a sweat um so i i'd say out of those three teams you know brentford are definitely the most exciting one because then they've not been in the premier league for so many years um they uh, they do things a little bit differently it is a new face with new a lot of new players there are very few players in that squad um who have any kind of premier league experience so um, I mean, there is something very exciting, it has to be said, about, about Brentford and the, making it finally to the Premier League. And it's, it's great for their fans, too, because, I mean, the, the, the COVID pandemic really, really screwed um, uh, COVID, uh, Brentford fans. Um, the, the, the season when um, we had the little hiatus for a while, they, they missed out on their final few months in their old, in, in their old stadium at Griffin Park. Um, so that closed without the fans being able to say a proper goodbye. They missed the opening season in their new stadium, um, but now they'll all be able to return. And their first the full houses will be uh, in the top flight, which, which is going to be uh, you know sensational for their fans.
Yeah, is a fan probably the exact opposite of what Dan and other West Brom fans had to deal with, which was finally getting back up to the Premier League, not being able to go the whole season, and then being right back down in the championship. Um, you mentioned the style of Brentford and Norwich there a little bit. Uh, how did Watford start playing after they switched to the newer manager? Um, very commanding, I would say. I mean, uh, they, they keep the ball quite well. They're very solid at the back. Um, defensively, they, they were very impressive uh, and under Munoz. Um, they're not the most expansive, uh, free-flowing side. Um, they've, they, they, they had a bit of a problem with strikers, really. They never found that, that real goal scorer last season. I mean, Saar was their top goal scorer with, with, with 13, uh, which isn't a bad return. But, but I think a player of his ability would probably expect a bit more. And then the top-scoring striker was um, João Pedro with, with nine, who's, you know, an exciting young Brazilian prospect, um, but, but, you know, di- didn't play consistently over the course of the season. And, um, you know, his, his form never really... He, was, he never looked like being one of the best strikers in the division, for example. So... Um, Goal scoring was a problem for them until the final months of the season when they started to, to find their feet a bit more in that department. Um, so they, they weren't always, I would say, the most exciting of teams, but they always looked, um, or tended anyway, to look very much in control of their matches uh, in that final third of the season. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Gotcha. Well, it sounds like we might have a, a nice little group of three coming up then in terms of style of play. It'll be interesting to see if Norwich kind of return to their, uh, what, what it started as aesthetically pleasing the last time they were up in the Premier League, the first half of the season with some pretty big results, but then kind of dwindled. Or if they'll play more defensively, like you mentioned that they did in the championship. Although you wouldn't imagine too many teams are going to set up to defend against Norwich in the Premier League. And then the other two playing a little bit more um on the front foot, I think will be a, an exciting thing to see. Um, now that we've talked through some of the teams, curious to get your ideas on some of the players that, that we should really be keeping an eye on from some of these clubs. You already mentioned Saar and a couple of the Norwich guys, but any other players that, that the casual Premier League fan might not be aware of that they'll need to kind of keep an eye out for in the new Premier League season? Um, I, th- I think Brentford are going to be exciting in this in this respect because there are so many new faces there for um, for Premier League fans. I mean, a lot of the Norwich and Watford players are going to be familiar from from the last time that we were in the uh, in the Premier League with Brentford. You know, a lot of these most the vast majority of them are playing in the in the uh, Premier League for the first time. The most exciting one, without any doubt, is is Ivan Tony, um, who is 
who was the top scorer uh, in the uh, in the championship last season. Uh, a, a, just a striker that can do it all, really. I mean, you look at him and you think, oh, he's going to be a big target man striker, but he's surprisingly athletic. He's got good control. He's not afraid to to take players on when it's needed. But he gives Brent. He was so important to Brentford last season because he really did uh, enable them to be quite flexible. I mean, what they. Brentford's default setting is to, you know, play play nice possession based um, passing football, um, but uh, with Tony up front, I mean, they always had that option of knocking it long, and he's very strong in the air. Uh, he's a good fit. He's a very good finisher. Um, scores all sorts of goals, really, and and he is absolutely key to Brentford's um, success in the Premier League. But I'll be honest, I think he has all the makings of a good Premier League striker. I mean, we've seen Brentford produce. Good strikers in the past, most recently Ollie Watkins, um, who's obviously had a great first season uh, at Aston Villa. A lot of Brentford fans would say that, that Tony's even better than Watkins. You know that, that he has more uh, more to his game potentially, and and he's still quite young. I I I'm really excited to see how he'll do in the Premier League. Um, in midfield, they've got um, they've got a lot of Danes. Brentford. That's one thing that everybody knows about them. They've got a big Danish influence there. <laughs> Uh, and and one of them is um, Matthias Jensen, who I I really like. He's a, just a an intelligent little midfielder, keeps things ticking over in midfield, controls things well. Josta Silva, he missed the end of last season, um, but is an with injury. But he is an excellent excellent midfielder. Again, a bit of an all rounder, good technically, um, carries a goal threat, good dribbler, um, very athletic as well. Um, just yeah, a, a good. A very good player in midfield as well, and and um, you know at the back they're not too bad either. Rico Henry at left back is um, is a, is one that I'm excited to see in the Premier League. Um, maybe he doesn't get as much attention as other Brentford players, um, and and Sehi Canos as well, um, who is um, I think has taken a little bit of time for us to see his full um, potential, but but last season was was absolutely fantastic. Really developed into a. Uh, into a brilliant player, even playing out the positions at, t- at times. So um, they've got they've got just so many players who I- I'm intrigued to see if they can make the step up. But but there's very there is a great deal of potential that they could make the step up. Uh, in terms of the other two teams, players who uh, you know w- would not be known to um, Premier League players from the last time. Um, but for Watford, uh, I'm looking at um, Sierra Alta. Um, a Chilean centre back, uh, totally out of favour in the in, in the first half of last season, but but became one of the most important players in the second half of the season. Um, just a very rock solid, dependable centre back, um, and and I thought he was very very impressive, and I I, I think he has every chance of of making the step up to the Premier League. Um, I mean, other than that, I'll be honest with Watford, there were very few. Kind of standout players last last year. Um, they they were, I they, I think it drew a couple of complaints from Watford fans that that few of their te- players were selected for various um, teams of the year, etc. But but it it reflects actually that they were at their best when when they formed a cohesive unit and and got the best out of out, out of each other that way. Um, I mean, size is an obvious one that that probably failed to have the full impact that they wanted from him the last time they were in the Premier League. I think there are still question marks over him. I think he had a very good season in the Championship, but I still think we're waiting to see his full potential. But but 
you know everything suggests that he has the ability if he if need be to to turn up and and have an impact in the in the Premier League and I think Watford will probably need him to do that um if they are to um if they are to stay up um as for Norwich I, I mean a lot of Norwich's players are players who you know were there last time uh, the likes of of Pookie and Cruel etc Max Ahrens but um I I mean for from from the perspective of new players, um, their defence looks stronger. Grant Hanley, I'm still not convinced is a, is going to make it as a che- as a Premier League centre back. I, I don't know if he's really got what it takes, even though he had had a very good season in the Championship. Um, but his um, defensive partner was Ben Gibson, who had a torrid time at, at Burnley, um, but has reinvented himself and rediscovered his uh, his old form at, at Norwich and. Uh, it's a good chance for him to test himself in the Premier League again. Um, the, I mean, the the big the, the big issue for for Norwich, I, I'd say, is is the players they they've lost specifically. Better um, uh, Buendia. Um, mm. I mean that that's that's the that's the big story for for Norwich. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss transfers in a bit, but they they are. You know they they brought in Billy Gilmore to replace uh, Oliver Skip, who who I think I think that's that's a wise replacement. I think Gilmore will do a good job there. Um, but but Buendia is much more difficult to replace. They brought in Rashica from Werder Bremen, who's a player I've always liked. But it really is difficult to overstate their reliance on Buendia. I, I, in in all the years that he'd been there, um, they'd only won two games where he didn't play. Um, and, and last season, that on the few occasions when he did play, he was injured for the start of the season, and they um, they had a really slow start of the season. He then got a suspend. He, he was then suspended twice uh, for a total of three games, and in those games they they drew twice and and lost one. And and in all three of those games, they looked really lost. They they just did not look. They didn't function in attack at all. Um, he he just made them click. He was the one who was creating all the chances for Pukki. Um, and without him in the team, they they really did look totally different. So I'll be honest that that's my concern for for Norwich. They've obviously got a lot of money from uh, from from Aston Villa, but he's one of these players that you know it it it's so difficult for them to replace him. Um, and that's why I I worry for Norwich this season, despite the fact that they did very well in the Championship. I think they've lost the biggest reason for that success. There is talk as well that they could lose Cantwell. Um, I that that would not be anywhere near as big a loss as as Buendia, but it would still be you know a heck of a loss for them. Um, and it's it, it's disappointing really because I I fear that they are not going to be able to build on the success of last season. Um, without without the player like Buendia on their side, and, and I think they could be in for a difficult ride because of that. Yeah, and people have constantly been sniffing around Max Aaron's famously because he's fast and British and a right back. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it does seem like they're losing some players. Uh, what have you made of some of the transfers at the other clubs? Do you think uh, either of them have particularly improved or or not improved, as the case may be with Norwich there? Um, I mean, with Norwich, I, th- I think the transfer windows hurt them just because of Wendy are going. Um, I, I think, you know, it's only fair. I mean, he stayed with them last season when... He, he was too good for the championship, really. Even though I, I don't think he really showed showed his full potential the last time he was in the Premier League. I mean, he, he showed last season exactly how good he is. Um, what I mean, I'll go to Brentford next. Brentford, I'm surprised how few um, 
transfers they've they've made really. I mean, Aya um, at centre back is 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 the eye catching one, and I think that will definitely strengthen them because I don't think centre back has always been um, a sort of source of strength for them. I mean, they've had um, Pontus Janssen playing there uh, alongside Ethan Pinnock. Ethan Pinnock's a very good player. Janssen um, is a real fan's favourite, but not the most reliable of defenders. Um, ask even Leeds fans where. You know he was he was very very popular, but but you know was capable of some awful mistakes in in massive games. Um, so I think Aya um, will improve improve them both from Celtic for um, quite a bit of money. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but I think he'll he'll do well there. Um, Watford, I mean, they I, I I feel like every transfer window is a strange one with Watford, and they've had you know they've brought in a few of the usual you know players that know. Premier League fans are likely to have heard of, but they've also like gone out and bought a few players who are, uh, or brought in, I should say, quite a few players who um, were have just had some difficult years of late. I mean, they've they've brought in Ashley Fletcher from Middlesbrough, which is a very strange one in my book. I mean, he's a player who is, you know, one of these players who's very highly rated as a youngster, but never ever makes makes much of an impact at senior level. Um, I mean, he he's been okay at Middlesbrough over the last few seasons. But never more than okay, you know, and, and you know that that came after a disastrous spell at um, at Sunderland and a couple of games at West Ham where he didn't have any kind of impact at all. I, I think you know they've they've obviously just thought he's he's available. For, I think he was available for free, so they thought it's it's worth a risk and see if they can get full potential out of him. But I I don't see him answering their their striker problems. They've also brought in Josh King, who um, had a bit of a nightmare really at Everton. Um, has has had a difficult couple of years. I, you know, again, that's a bit of a gamble. Is he going to rediscover the form that he was showing for Bournemouth a couple of years back? Brought in Danny Rose, um, who, you know, fell out mm. of favourite Spurs, didn't really work out at, at Newcastle. Um, so, you know, he's still only, what, 30, 31 years old, um, Danny Rose. So, you know, he's, he's not that old. You'd think that they could... You know, get a tune out to him, and and I don't think left back was a particularly strong position for them last season. So um, that that addresses an obvious, um, well, I wouldn't say weakness, but it it, it was definitely somewhere they could strengthen. Um, and uh, the other one they've brought in is a table from from Stoke, who was bought um, in the immediate aftermath of their relegation from the Premier League. And actually, I I quite liked him in that first season. He was the only. Stoke player who seemed to you know look any good after their relegation from the Premier League, but um, he wasn't happy there clearly, and he spent a couple of seasons on loan, and now he's um, he's on loan in the Premier League um, with with Watford. Um, I, I I don't know if he's going to be starting in their midfield. There may be a vacancy there because Will Hughes seems unwilling to sign a new contract, which um, um, which you know should. Um, signal a feeding frenzy from other Premier League clubs, if I'm honest, because he's he was very good in the second half of the season and a big reason why they turned their their form around. Um, but so that may lead to a table getting a few more games. But um, yeah, a bit of a strange one from them, really. But but in terms of Norwich, like I said, the, the eye-catching one in terms of incomings is um, Rashica, uh who's you know a, a creative and and dangerous attacking midfielder. Um, you know, been a big player for Kosovo for a number of years now, and um, uh, has, has also done very well at Werder Bremen. Uh, he's now got the unenviable task, really, of, of trying to fill 
Buendia's boots, but um, I, you know, that that is going to be very, very difficult for him. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how all of that pans out. Uh, having talked about all of this, how do you think these three will fare in the Premier League this year? And if, at a guess, how many and which do you think will stay up? I worry most for Norwich for the reasons that I've, I've stated. It's weird. I mean, they, they won the league very convincingly last season, but I think the loss of Wendy is, is massive for them. Um, I, I think all the evidence suggests to them struggling without him. Um, I, I, I'm not sure Pookie as well as the player that he was the last time in the he was in the Premier League. Um, I know he, you know, his standards dropped um, during that season as, as it went on, but um, I, I think he may struggle a bit more this time around. Um, I, I, I think they're more defensively solid. I think they'll be tougher to beat this time around, but I just don't know if they've got that star quality and attack that will be able to get them points, um, the points needed to stay up. So I, I, I'll be honest, I, I fear for, for Norwich this season. And um, if I was to put money on any team in the Premier League to, to finish bottom, I, I unfortunately have to say for them, which is a shame because I really like Norwich as a club and I really like you know what, what they've done over um, over the over the last few years with, with Farker. But I, I just think the absence of Wendy is going to hurt them too much. Um, and, and there's no evidence that they've got a plan B for, for when he doesn't play. So um, um, I, 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 I'd actually think they, they could struggle. Um, for Watford, I think I think they'll find it difficult. Um, I don't think they've got... I, I, I'm not sure if they've got the star quality really in that, in that squad. The, the squad was too good for the championship, but it's still... I, I just think it's a. I, I think it's capable of staying up. Definitely, I, I just think it's lacking a few star names in attack. Well, in attack, and a lot could depend on on Saar and whether he finally, you know, pays back that that big um, big tra- transfer fee that they paid for him. Um, still not convinced they've got that striker that's going to score ten plus goals in in the in the Premier League, which which can make such a difference. Uh, a bit like Nor, a, a bit like Norwich, I think they'll they'll be tougher to beat than they were the last time they were in the Premier League. Um, I think they've got a, the makings of a really good defence there. Um, I, I and the midfield isn't isn't too bad. Um, it's it's okay. It's it's not brilliant, but it's okay. It's just up front. I'm not sure if they've they've got what it takes to um, to score to score the goals to stay up. If I'm being honest, so. If if I had to put my head on the block again, I'd probably put them to finish say 18. But but I think that 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 could change easily. I mean they 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 got what it takes to stay up. Um, but it, I can't see them kind of having a carefree season where they don't really have to worry about relegation. I I think whatever happens, they will be in the relegation battle. Um, weirdly, the team that I think could do best in the Premier League is is Brentford. I think their style of play is, is suited to the Premier League in a way that it probably wasn't to the Championship. I think often in the Championship, teams, you know, r- raised their game for Brentford, but also, you know, enjoyed parking the bus and, and made life difficult for them. They often have to, you know, find a way of unpicking defences. I, I think once in the, they're in the Premier League, they won't have that issue quite as much. And I think they'll they'll enjoy the freedom that they'll get against a lot of um a lot of Premier League teams, a bit like Leeds, if I'm being honest. When Leeds went up, they they had to contend with teams parking the bus week in, week out. 
a championship level. They got the Premier League and, and teams didn't do that and, and they enjoyed that freedom and, and, and you know, never ever have to worry about um, about relegation last season. So I, I can see Brentford doing something similar, maybe not to the level that Leeds have, um, but I think they've got they've got the, the players who I think they've got players who, who are ready to make the step up. Um, their manager Thomas Frank is um, an interesting character. Um, he's the kind of manager that you love when he's at your club, but you hate when he's playing against you. Uh, an extremely arrogant man, <laughs> extremely confident, self-confident, um, and um, very expressive on the touchline, it has to be said. But there's no doubt about it. He's a very good manager. Um, and, and I think he's um, he's done a great job at Brentford. And, and I'm really excited to see how, how he does in the Premier League as well, because I think he's another, another person who, a bit like, many of his players could actually flourish in a higher league um, in, in a way that was difficult for them at times in the championship. Um, they, they also, of course, won't have the, the demands of a 46-game season, which I think has been difficult for them at times because of the way they play. Um, I, I think in, in, some, in many ways, despite the step-up in quality, the nature of the Premier League may suit Brentford better than the nature of the championship. Um, and so it's it's weird to say for a team that's you know going up by the playoffs and hasn't been in in the top flight for for decades. But I I'd say I I'd say Brentford are the best um, suited to the Premier League, and, and they're the ones that I would back to, to do best. And I can see a situation where they stay up without without too many um, too many worries. Yeah, we have seen that as a kind of developing trend the past few years of, of one of the promoted sides just cruising to kind of a mid-table finish. Obviously, Leeds last year, Wolves did it a few years back. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And also, you mentioned the, the striker thing. Uh, long, long ago, when we first started this podcast, I wrote an article for Eagles Beak, where I basically did a statistical breakdown of, of the common traits between recently promoted sides that ended up staying up. And at the time... Uh, in the Premier League era, no side that had had a striker score 12-plus goals ended up going back down. That's now been broken twice since Charlie Austin and Timu Puki, but uh, I think that really just backs your point that you do need somebody to score all of those goals, and if you don't, it can get iffy pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I think all that's really interesting. We'll see if it is indeed uh, Brentford that has either the best odds or, or ends up being the only one at, at staying up this year, but can't can't thank you enough for coming on and talking championship with us. Wish we were talking about Swansea, but it didn't seem to be uh, in the cards. But if you'd like to tell folks where they can hear about Swansea or anything else you're working on, now would be a good time. Uh, if you really want to hear about Swansea, and in fairness, it's, a, it's an interesting time as we look for a new manager. Um, you can follow me at Gitosawirlin on Twitter, uh, and uh, you can uh, read my column in the Evening Post every single uh, Saturday, or uh, if you don't live in... Uh, in the in the Swansea area, then you can uh, read it online at uh, WalesOnline.co.uk. I'm going to say I'm not sure if it's .co.uk or .com. Try that. Just Google Wales Online. And <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much, Gitto. Really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about all of this. Uh, best of luck to Swans this summer and the coming season. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Oh, thank you, Kev. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.